From locking in new clients with proposals and contracts to automated invoicing and making sure you get paid, Harlow has you covered. Harlow is built by freelancers for freelancers, so they truly understand how you work and what you need to run a thriving freelance business. With Harlow, you can send professionally designed proposals with integrated e-signatures to get your projects kicked off with ease, easily invoice clients and accept payments with the click of a button, get a single view of all your clients and all related documents, meetings, and tasks, stay on top of your projects and to-dos, and track your time all in one place. Gone are the days of managing your business in spreadsheets, forgetting to invoice, and generally feeling scattered. Harlow is here to help solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. Get started today at meetharlow.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this season of the Creative Class Podcast. Thanks, Harlow. One thing that is just so incredibly common and so incredibly annoying is when you're working on a freelance project and the client is just kind of dragging their feet and you have things that you need from them to keep the project moving and maybe it's like stuck in a review process or there's too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to everybody wants to put their stamp on the edits or the creative direction, whatever it is. This happens all the time. So Today, we're going to talk about what to do when a client's dragging their feet, they're slowing down a project, and it's impacting your business as a result. So I'm going to let you kind of steer this one. Where do you want to start? Oh, you know, that just, it just bugs me so much, but it's such a, a part of freelancing that I had to learn over time to be patient because, you know, shit happens and I get that, but also it just delays everything. Like, the project yeah. being done, your payment being done. Um, and one of the ways that I've learned to kind of combat this is by setting expectations in your statement of work or like in the beginnings of like whether whether it's a statement of work or it's or your contract, you know, it depends. Some people put like the the revisions in the contract, but I usually I use a statement of work also, which is separate from the contract that says like for this project this will be due like you'll give me the brief at this time i will give you the the project at this time you will give me edits by this time and if that doesn't happen i'm still getting paid on this date like i make sure it says that in thing like you have to lay out who's responsible for what and the date that it needs to be done by um and in the end it's because i want my money on time like you're not delaying sure. the payment because you you decided to take too long on the edits and yeah. that's kind of like the beginning process for me, Kaylee. Do you what do what's kind of your pre way to do that? Yeah. So most of the project I work on are kind of shorter form, smaller packages. They're not projects that would be extending over multiple months. So I always request a deposit up front, just especially if it's somebody I've never worked with before. I ask for 50% just to make sure that. If it does take longer than expected, I've at least got some money to show for the work that I've done. And I'm not just kind of like, oh man, I would love to be paid and it's been 60 days and we're stalled on this project and now <laughs> I have nothing to show for it. So the deposit thing has been really helpful, but I think it's also what you talked about of having the expectations outlined, documented as a point of reference up front. It's part of the proposal. Um, it's stipulated in the contract. So documentation is really, really important. I think the other thing too is um, having a single point of contact has always served me really well. What seems to be 
a common theme when projects get delayed is when I'm working with a company where there is an entire department or a marketing team plus a leadership team who wants to review what I've created and that just ends up taking forever. So I'm fine with that, but I want to have an established timeline so we're all on the same page as far as when things are due and how to keep things moving on time. And number two, one point of contact so that I'm not working with 15 different editors. I have one person, they've gone to the team, they've all done the reviews, they've all put their comments in, and then they're coming back to me with that version and I can act on the comments as a collective rather than trying to do it along the way and just kind of endlessly spinning my wheels. Because I've done that before and it's just, it, the quality of work just and the workflow, everything goes to shit. So I'm not doing that anymore. I want to talk to one person. I want one version of the document that has everybody's comments in it and I will work from that. I'm not going to kind of piecemeal it along the way. Have you had any nightmare situations where things have really gotten slowed down? And if so, how did you get things to start moving again? What did you do? What steps did you take? Yeah, so so I've I haven't had any nightmare situations. I've definitely had situations where where projects are getting like to the point where it's affecting my pay, right? And like because they I would just wait to invoice until the process the project is fully complete. Um, but I stopped doing that again, right, with that pre-process. Um, but what I do do, if I don't see anything, ha- any any progress has been made on, like, for example, say the next step is the edits coming in from Kaylee, let's say. You know, if I don't see those edits are being are made on, like, the final day, I'll follow up and just be like, hey, I just want to see kind of, like, where we're at with this. Um, is there anything else that you need from me? Um, and also kind of, like, Making holding myself accountable, being like, is there anything else that you need from me? Right. Um, because then if they say no, it's us, then right there it's in writing. Like, if anyone has any questions, it'd be like, Well, why are we paying him if the project's not done? It'd be like, Well, you told me there was nothing else needed from me. Yeah, balls in you their know? court. Balls in your court. And I have no problem going in and like fixing stuff up like whenever. You know, like it's usually it's usually the 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 comments and the fixes aren't usually too much. So it takes me like, what, 15, 20 minutes to get in there and fix some stuff up. So I usually, that's how I follow up with that with on a project. And then with, when it comes to getting briefs from the client, that's a whole nother thing, right? Because like, that's even, that's delaying your money in a different way because yeah. you're never going to get it if you don't get the briefs. Yeah. So I usually, um, before the month ends, I usually have a, I have a pretty tight system with, I would say the majority of my clients where... We have like, you send me the briefs by this date. I'll give you the articles by this date. Again, some working relationships are different. They're just like, I have one client. I have everything I'm working on until the end of December. So there's no, like, we don't need any briefing. We don't need any of that. It's just, I run through the list. But for other types of clients, what I do in that case is follow up with them at the end of the month. Be like, hey, you know, just want to double check. What briefs, do you have briefs coming for me this month? Again, like, you know, just a reminder that they're due by the 5th, X, Y, and Z. Being friendly about it, right? Because it's not like I'm being mean. But it is my way to kind of like protect myself and protect like my income because if I don't get those briefs, I don't make money. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's so proactive. And I feel like that's been a recurring theme that we've been talking about. It's just being proactive, not worrying that you're nagging. But again, like always putting the ball in their court so they can't come back and say, well, we haven't heard from you. Like, we're checking in. Where are we at on this? You're always 
making it so that you're the one saying, where are we at on this? Like, how can I, how can I best help you speed things up? Always. And I love, love being proactive like that yes. because you're not at fault. If in most cases, if you're, if you're being proactive about everything yes, and that's just the way I am in my business in general, over communicate, yeah. be annoying. Yeah. You know, the only person that loses if you're not being annoying is you. The that's right. doesn't lose anything if you're not being that's annoying, right. you know? Yeah. Yep. And I think the other thing to remember is that people are busy and a lot of people, especially who, who are part of an in-house team, they have really full plates. So sometimes they need that little nudge reminder that, oh yeah, hey, I'm supposed to send this. So it's almost like you're a little alarm reminder in their phone. Hey, I'm still waiting for this. Don't forget about me. That is really helpful sometimes because they're busy and and maybe they forgot. They legitimately, your email got lost in the inbox because they had a thousand emails come in in one day. So again, you're just resurfacing and making sure you're being on top of things. I think another thing too that I wanted to talk about is I've heard, especially within kind of the design space, is that sometimes iterations can get really out of control. So putting a stipulation and a hard stop on how many revisions are provided, and this is true for writing too, this is true for any kind of creative project, but again, having that documented and saying, okay, you get X amount as we start this project. If you need more, that's fine, but it's going to cost X and you have this amount of time to get them to me. So that's another thing I've heard too, is that revisions can be a big, big kind of bottleneck in this process. Have you found that to be true? I have. Yeah. And I only, that is such a gray area because I've seen a lot of different models. I've seen that I'll charge by hour after we reach this amount of edits by how long it takes me to take, to do all of your edits. I've seen the, the overage charge, like, all right, like I'll do X amount of edits. But then after that, like, it's going to be just this flat fee to keep mm-hmm. doing edits. Um, and again, there's more stipulations in that. For me, it's also like the types of edits, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes if there's, there's actually a really big case where sometimes like the edits that they want don't match the brief. And that is the hardest thing to fault to, to push back on a client because if they need something that wasn't in the brief, then you haven't charged for that yet. So it should right. not be included in the price that you're already in. And that actually happens. I wouldn't say quite often, but that happens a lot of time in content. And I'm sure with design where like they come through and they start making all these like wild changes and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm, I'm personally not rewriting this entire thing because this wasn't even in the brief. This right. is your responsibility. You know, I, th- yeah. I can only do yeah. so much with as what the brief has given me, you know? Are you managing your business or using multiple tools? Or are you still using spreadsheets in your notebook to stay on top of work? It's probably time to upgrade. Harlow is an all-in-one freelance tool that helps solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. With automated invoicing, proposal templates, and much more, Harlow has everything you need to run a thriving freelance business. Check it out for yourself at meetharlow.com. Yeah, right. And that and that can be kind of a, a sticky situation because you're like, well, yes, you want something different now and maybe you're not happy with what I've delivered so far, but that's not what we originally talked about. So I think it's it's important too to kind of hold your ground on those on those moments where you're getting some pushback because maybe internally they've got some feedback where they're like, oh, we want to take this in a new direction. That's fine. But you have to be like, okay, just to, just to reiterate here, we started with this. 
this is kind of a complete rework at this point and that's fine, but I'm going to have to charge more or things like that. And those are really uncomfortable conversations to have, but it's part of being a really good business owner. You have to be able to, to push back a little bit and have that conversation where you're saying, that's fine. I'm happy to adjust and pivot with you, but here's what needs to happen on my end because you have to advocate for yourself. The, again, the client's not going to do it for you. That's so true, Kaylee. And I think the other part of it is, it, it again, it's like a psychological barrier. Like I think in most cases, we're the ones overthink. We're the ones overthinking yes. it. Like we're like, oh my god, I'm gonna totally lose this client if I push back on this. So I might as well just shut up and do it. And I've definitely been there before. Don't get me wrong. Like I, oh, I am same. definitely one who thinks first. I think first. Like, okay, would I rather have this client or would I rather tick them off? And I have fired a client before. I have fired a client from going completely out of scope. Like I, it's a, it was a different type of project that we were doing, not my normal, like, you know, SEO driven, brief driven, blah, blah, blah. And we had the, all the expectations up front. I delivered the first draft. And this, mind you, this was after doing two test pilot projects. So they already knew my style. They already liked it. They wanted to bring me on for more work. We did this article and it got completely like what we have agreed on, like changed overnight all of a sudden. Oh, and after they saw the draft, they were like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I was like that. And I wrote back. I said, this is my style. I was like, this is what you hired me to do. Yeah. I was like, and I'm going to be honest, like I'm not rewriting this article so you can keep it and you can keep, you know, every other article that I've written for you so far. But like, this isn't even, I didn't even really give the, it was also Christmas time, to be honest. It was like right uh, before Christmas. And I was like, try, I was trying to wrap up for the, for a couple of weeks. And um, they they were just not, it, they were not having it. Like they were not budging. Like, and I was like, I'm not rewriting this entire thing, like from scratch. Like, this is what we agreed on beforehand, just because you feel that you want something different now. Yeah. I'm not going to stand there. I'm not going to do it, you know? So I actually just said, I was like, have a nice holiday. Like you can keep this, you can do whatever you want with it, but I'm not working with you anymore because um, yeah. that's not how I work. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's tough, right? That's, that's a hard thing to do to walk away from a project that you've already committed time and energy to. And again, that's another Turning case. Turning money is hard. <laughs> yeah. That's another case though for getting that deposit up front. So at least you're not walking away empty handed. That's, mm -hmm. that's another case. I did actually, I didn't get anything. Oh, sad. I, I mean, I've been there. I've been there yeah. too, mm -hmm. but yeah, live and learn, I guess. It happens. Yeah, exactly. It what does. are you going to do? You it know? does. It's just part of it. Prepare for and, the best next time. And sometimes it's better just to cut ties and walk away than try to string on and, and continue the relationship. And it's just progressively getting worse and you're getting frustrated. You resent the assignments that you're getting. I think it's better just to be like, we're done here. I'm happy to to part ways amicably, but like I can't continue to do this. So hard to do, yes. but important. Well, mine was mine wasn't amicable, but yes, I agree. <laughs> you should be amicable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, generally try not to burn bridges, right? So you never know who knows who or like what's connected, and especially in the age of social media too, you never want a client to like start slamming you online. That's always my biggest fear is like if I mess up, a client's going to go online and be like, "Don't work with her. She sucks." Her quality of work is awful. She was super unprofessional. So I always just try to be nice as pie and, you know, <laughs> end nice things nicely. <laughs> end things nicely. I think that's yeah. illegal though, right? Like I, so I think that's actually, it's a, it's a great, it's all a the time. realistic fear. 
It happens. Really? Yeah. I, I think I thought that was illegal. Like someone can't go on and defame you, especially because you could sue the company for like defaming your work in public. No. And people find people find ways around it, though, too. Like they'll do it in a private Slack channel, maybe that you're not part of, ah, or okay. they'll subtweet and not reference you by name. But like people within the sphere know who they're talking yes. about. So, yeah, it's these are <laughs> this these are the things. writer I worked with one time. Yes. These name are the things that keep me up at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Shmaley lore. Yeah. She lives in the Midwest, be? has a cute dog. Yeah. Who could it be? Yeah. So again. But yeah, we definitely want to avoid that. want to avoid that. But okay. So another thing that I've heard that's really helpful in these situations. So especially related to the editing and feedback process. One thing people will sometimes do is when this process gets slowed down, they'll send a one-page document that's effective feedback versus like not super helpful, effective feedback. So really spelling out what good feedback looks like that's going to help you iterate and do a good job for them on the next round versus what's kind of vague, ambiguous, not helpful, slowing things down. And again, this is kind of an assertive move on the freelancer's part to be like, here's what good good feedback looks like versus here's what's not super helpful for me on my end. But they don't know these things unless you tell them. So by sending them this document, you're making it very clear what you need to be successful. And again, that's like a baller move that you can do that's going to be good in the long run. Hell yeah. That is baller as fuck. I've never even thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have seen, I have seen though, and I guess this is another, this is a place that you can put it, is a how you work, how to work with me document that you send up. Yes. So that's also a good place to put something like that. Be like, this is what good feedback, this is the good feedback that I can work from. This mm-hmm. feedback doesn't help me. And I love that. I personally don't have a how to work with me um, document, but I think that is such a fabulous idea and I yeah. need to get around to doing it yeah. um, because <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing to send at project start too. So maybe you have like official onboarding documents, but when the project actually gets going, it's, it's a thing that you send over as an attachment and it's just kind of like, Hey, heads up. Here's, here's kind of how, here are my expectations right off the bat. So this is going to go really smoothly for both of us. Again, that's, to me, presents as super professional and it's like a pro freelancer versus somebody who's just getting started and is like just trying to do the the job and get it done and hopefully everything goes well. This is more right. like, I'm very confident in my skills and ability. Here's what I expect from you. If you want me to do the best quality work and you want to get the most for your money's worth, here's what I need, right? It's like, hmm. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> yes. I was just, I was just, I was just putting like guidelines in like my statements of work. Be like, I don't communicate with you during like eight through six, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like that's all I've ever done. But no, like that's yeah. true. Okay. So um, a, a more concrete example of this, a more concrete example of this, what this looks like in practice. So for example, if somebody goes into your document, I'm going to use writing because that's the world that I live in. If somebody goes into your Google doc and highlights a piece of text and is like, I don't like this please change. That's super ambiguous. You have no idea what needs to be changed or why or what you need to do differently. That's a perfect example of bad feedback. Good feedback would be as if they highlighted the piece of text and went in and were like, this particular example is not super relevant to our target demographic. Let's swap for something like X. That's super specific, very directive, very helpful for you as the writer. So you can understand why it's not working and what you can do differently. So that could be like a contextual example you give within that document. Oh, I love contextual edits over over the the hamburger compliment edit. 
Like the yes. ones that are long wooden, they're like, I love yes. this, blah, 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 but blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just tell me what you need. Like, I'm like, just, yeah. Give I'm it like, to me straight. Time to read through all this. Yeah, give it to me straight. I don't. I don't need a compliment. Crap. I don't need to know I'm a good writer. Just, yeah. uh, just to tell me that I suck. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just be direct with me. You know. But yeah, I think that yeah. the, I we've been pretty tactical in this episode. I feel like we've covered a lot of good advice here. So if this is something that you're dealing with or maybe you run into down the road or you've dealt with in the past, these are all things to keep in your back pocket. So when it happens again, because you know it will, you have some tools to keep things moving or to get it, get things moving again. Yeah. Want to go pro with your freelancing career? Check out creativeclass.co for more information.